I'd like to open us with a scripture today um, to kind of focus, uh, center our hearts and minds. This is from 1 Peter chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along, otherwise it'll be on the screen, and this is just kind of setting the stage for our service today. It says this, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. Verse 24, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what it is right. By his wounds you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd the guardian of your souls. Amen? Amen? This is the word of the Lord. Can we just pray as we open up our time of learning, teaching? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we are so grateful that you are here and you are with us, God, that you love us and that you lead us. God, we ask in this moment that you would just draw near to us, that you would teach us, that you would continue to convict us and empower us and give us vision for all that is to come. God, give us hearts of optimism today. As we hear from you, God, give us hearts of clear direction and vision. Give us hearts that see the best in one another, God, that we might leave here a better representation of you. And so, Jesus, it's in your name that we have gathered, that we give, that we hang out, that we sing, that we take communion. God, it's in your name that we pray, and we all said, amen. 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 Everyone excited to hear from God today? Yeah. Awesome. All right, well, if you didn't know, today is a special day. Hey, Rick, I just wanted to say hi to you. Rick, Rick sets our letter board every Sunday, and today, he, I usually forget to tell him what to put on there. As soon as you're walking in, you see those that sign, kind of tells us what's happening today. And today I didn't tell you, and I don't know who told you, but you got it right, and you crushed it, and I'm sorry for not getting it to you earlier, but we just love you. Can we just thank Rick for being awesome, too? All right. No more highlighting, no more kindness today, no more encouragement or honor, okay? We're just gonna leave that alone, but, okay. So today is a special day, and it's a special day for a lot of reasons. I mean, it is our fall kickoff, even though school started a month ago, we still have like a weird schedule here in California. So it's like a fall kickoff. It's our first day officially as Highlands Church. Can we get an amen for this real quick? And, uh, and that makes it special. I've got my brother Robert in the house uh, running sound today. I got my brother Rome in the back seat hanging out, holding up the back of the room just in case something happens. I appreciate you. It's a special day. But more than anything for me, it's a special day today because uh, today is the day that we introduce our focus for the coming year. Now, you might be wondering, focus, what's, what's that all about? Well, in our world today, it can be easy to get distracted. Can I get an amen? with all the options and the possibilities and the urgencies, even more so even with the, the problems that we face on a day-to-day -day basis, it can be so easy to get sidetracked from what really matters, you know, where you might start on one thing, and it's important, but then priorities pull you a different direction, and then like you're pulled in this direction and that, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you know, you're working and you're busy, but you're never getting ahead. You're never really accomplishing what you intended in the first place because you started one thing and then started a dozen things after. Anybody else have a hard time finishing things? Katie, thank you. I see you. I feel you. <laughs> this is good. 
I think for me, like, an example would be a few, a few months ago, I think I told you about this, but I was in my garage working out, trying to make progress on my COVID body, okay? And, uh, and I looked over, and I saw this wall of boxes. And when we first moved here, Robert Thomas, he helped us, got us into a house and found us this place. And in, in the garage was this, like, kind of rickety storage rack. And so when we moved in, uh, we didn't really move in everything, because we just put our bins up on this shelf, and they just kind of sat there. Um, and then I was sitting there working out, and, uh, and I was like, man, we got to move in. we got to organize this stuff. So I got off the treadmill, and I impulsively, I was like, this is important. I was like, impulsively, took all the bins off the shelf, and the whole garage is full of stuff, right? And Becca, she's like, oh, I'm so glad that, that you're doing this right now. And I said, yeah, it's going to be great, okay? And so I, uh, I, start, I start kind of organizing, and I did, I did some, you know, I opened all the bins up, I started to, like, consolidate and organize, and then, like, I ran out of time for the day. So I neatly stacked all the bins next to the garage door, right? So they weren't in the way. And the next thing you know, a month passes, and those bins are still there. Has anyone ever had this happen? And then another month passes, and another month passes, and they were still sitting there. And so I just, honestly, I just like picked them all and put them back where I found them. <laughs> and it's not like the boxes didn't need to be organized. They did, and they still do. It's not like it was a bad idea to get started. It wasn't. The problem is I got distracted with a bunch of good things. I got kids, I love you, this church, you know, I, I love all that God is doing, and so I got distracted by a bunch of other good things so much that I never finished the first thing. And this is the reason, wrap your head around this, this is the reason why we uh, commit to a yearly focus as a church. Because we are a diverse, multi-generational community in the heart of the greatest city in the known world. And there's always things begging for our attention. There's always urgencies, always distractions, always things that are important, but when everything is important, nothing is important, right? And so we have committed to a yearly focus, to a specific direction that we believe God has given us to actually move ahead and get stuff done, to grow and mature and become more together, instead of getting wrapped up in the endless list of urgencies. And so last year, we introduced this, 2021, and our focus last year was just one word. It was the word onward. Onward. And we committed to stepping into a new future as a church together. Over the course of the year, we learned who we were, who God was calling us to be. If you remember, we doubled down on our values last year and our convictions. We had this series called Church People. It went like 20 weeks about who we will be from here to heaven. And then we talked about our practices in a series called Let Me Explain. And I just want to tell you, I haven't gotten... The most feedback I've ever gotten in a church context was during that, ser that series, Let Me Explain. So we talked about why we do what we do the way we do. And so we did Let Me Explain, and then we moved even onward into a new identity with this new name in our series, The New You. So Focus 2021 was really all about moving onward, and we did move forward in so many things. Now for 2022, we'll be breaking this down over the next couple weeks. 2022, uh, we'll be looking less at who we are and more at what, where we're going and what we do, at the mission God is calling us into as a church, a mission that we see all throughout the scriptures, and we'll only talk about a lot here. You're going to be so sick of this soon, um, but one that we think is laser-focused in the book of Colossians. And so this is it, starting in verse 6 of chapter 2. It says, It'll be on the screen. It says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, 
pause, now that you are new, now that you are his people, now that you are his church, now that you have been raised from death to life and the sin has no power over you anymore, now that you are brand new, Fran, can I get an amen? Now that you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Just as you, this is plural, just as y'all accepted him, now you must continue to follow him. And this is our focus for 2022, following Jesus together. It's on the mug. It's on the pen. Following Jesus together. Can you say that with me real quick? Just real quick. Following Jesus together. This is what we're doing. Say it one more time. Following Jesus together. Three simple words that will be our focus to carry us for the next year. As they really help create guardrails, really, boundaries that determine what we teach, what we sing, where we serve, and how we pray. And you're going to see these words a lot, again, on pens and mugs and shirts and totes. You'll hear it from stage, you'll hear it in sermons, you'll hear it in songs, bumper stickers, keychains, the works, okay? It's going to be awesome. And we're doing this, why? To bring focus, exactly, Lori. To bring focus for our mission, which is following Jesus together. And this is where we're heading for the next year. Who's excited? I know you're so excited, aren't you? All right, so... So why, though? Why, out of all the things that we could prioritize, why is it that we felt God leading us to this statement, this focus, as our overarching theme for the year? Well, I think more than anything, it's really just, uh, it's a practical response to 2021. And that is because following Jesus as Christians is just simply what we were born again to do. 2021, we talked about identity. Colossians chapter 2, now that you accepted him, you must continue to follow him. Friends, this, if you've given your life to Jesus, this is just your what now. This is why you're alive. This is the single greatest output of your life. This is where every breath, in and out, every breath, every step that we take, it's supposed to take you and to bring you back to the narrow road with Jesus as he leads you into the future. Every breath, every step, every thought is intended to carry you into this future with Jesus. Luke 9 says it like this. It'll be on the screen. He says, this is Jesus. He says, then Jesus said to the crowd, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and what? Follow me. And I love this because while Jesus absolutely prioritizes belief, he's saying that belief is just the beginning. It's not the whole of your faith. There's more. There's an action that must follow your acceptance. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Verse 24. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And this is, at its most basic form, friends, what it means to be a Christian. It's acceptance and action. It's belief and Becoming, as Pastor Jeff was saying, it's new life and new direction. It's following Jesus together from here to heaven. And, and I think that, you know, m many of us here today, like, this, this makes total sense. Like, I'm a Christian. I self-identify loud and proud. I am a Christian, 
as we should, but, but I don't know if you knew this, but the name Christian historically actually comes from the secular world. We self-assign now, but, but it was actually assigned to us as God's people in the first century by the Romans, and it was actually intended as an insult. The name Christian was applied to the church by those outside the church, not because of what they believed, but because of the way they behaved because of the way they lived. People in the church were called Christians because they looked like Jesus. People were called Christians, not because they said Jesus is Lord, but because they revealed it through their life. When the Romans saw this, this small faction of believers, they couldn't believe how much like Jesus they looked, so they just called them little Christs. They called them Christians. And this is our origin story from 30,000 feet. Following Jesus is the action. It's the mission and what, it's, what it means to be a Christian. You can't be a Christian and not follow Jesus. You can't be a Christian and not follow Jesus. They are one and the same. Birds fly, y'all. Dogs bark. Cats are annoying, okay? <laughs> one, one is an identity, okay? One is an identity and the other is an action. One is an identity and one is an action. And so in 2022, we're hitting the action that reveals who we are, that points to the one that we follow. We are the church, it's who we are, so we must follow Jesus. If we don't, we aren't the church. And we might believe, but even the devil believes. Luke 9 says belief isn't enough. What sets us apart as Christians and defines our faith is when our belief becomes our behavior and when our identity determines our action. Romans 10 says, when we believe in our heart that he is Lord, then we declare with our mouth. It's both and. Identity must lead to action. They are irrevocably linked. One more time from Colossians. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. And this will be our focus for the next year as we dig deep into the actions of faith in the output of belief and as we learn how to follow Jesus as a family in all things at all times. Because again, even, even though it's who we are, you know, if you've given your life to Jesus, you're new, you're a new creation, you're, you're the church, you're God's family, you're, you're a Christian, even though it's who you are, if you're anything like me, looking at those boxes in the garage, y'all, it can be so easy to get distracted by the tyranny of the urgent. Friends, I can be so terribly, terrifically terribly, uh, terrible at keeping Jesus and his way the center of my life and the center of my vision and direction. Even with the best of intentions, I think this is all of us, really, even with the best of intentions, we can all become so distracted and wrapped up in secondary issues and it takes our eyes off Jesus and we lose focus. And while we might still believe when we stop following his lead, it leaves us wandering. Without focus, we wander lost in a world of endless options. It reminds me of a couple years ago. I was actually doing the math. I wrote this, I was like, a couple years ago? It was actually like 20 years ago and I don't know how 20 years disappears so fast. But like, I, I, uh, I was visiting my folks, they lived in Orlando, Florida at the time. And uh, when, when they were there, my, one of my best friends growing up moved to Orlando as well. And so one day that we were down there, I was like, hey, we should get together and catch up. 
And I said, Mom, can I borrow the car? And she's like, sure, you know. And, and I just want to point out that this was, um, you know, if this happened today, it would be really simple. You get out your, your phone, your hand computer, whatever you call it, and you type in where you want to go, and Google tells you. But, but this was 2003, and so there was no Google Maps. There was no, like, smartphone to direct me. If you wanted directions, you went to MapQuest, and you printed out, like, 10 pages of directions. Anybody remember this? I know you do. You got to put in a binder, right? <laughs> uh, or, or you uh, used like a GPS, a Garmin. Remember the Garmin? You remember the Garmin. So, so, um, so we made plans, me and my friend Jeff, and we. I borrowed my mom's car. I had no idea where to go, so I, so I uh, grabbed the GPS, punched in the address, and hit the road. And everything was going great. Everything was fine. Uh, it was a beautiful day. The highways were clear. I was following the directions on the little box, um, but then I got. I don't know, a little distracted. I was looking over, saw some orange trees or something weird, and like, and I didn't notice that the GPS was running low on battery. And so next thing I know, the battery, it dies. And I was there in that, like, probably, what, 02 Honda Accord or something? That's what it was, right? And that was a sweet car. Anyway, uh, and we were, I was there on the, on the freeway, whatever it was called, driving down the road I'd never been, having no clue which way to go, and every exit looked the same. And I'm looking around, I'm not just, you know, I'm not just driving like aimlessly, I'm actually focused here. I was, I was attentive, working hard to figure out which way to go, but even with my best efforts, I was just wandering. And next thing I know, I'm straight up lost, just praying a gator doesn't get me if I run out of gas, you know? <laughs> but anyway, th what am I getting at? Um, what I'm getting at is, is, in the moment, lost on the Florida freeway, I knew who I was. There were no questions about who I was. And I was in a car, I was in a vehicle moving forward. I knew where I wanted to go, I knew where I wanted to be. But without directions, I had no idea which path to take. I didn't know how to get there, I needed someone to tell me. I needed someone to lead me where I needed to go. And this is exactly what I see so often and why this focus is so important for us as a church. Because church people, Christians, y'all, we know who we are. We've been talking about this for a year. We know who we are, we're new creation, we're born again, we're sons and daughters, we're the church, and, and we are in the car, we're at church. We're going, we're moving forward, onward, and we know where we're going, actually. The kingdom of God is our home. The kingdom of God, greater faith and obedience is our eternal destination, and so we know where we wanna be, but even with the best of intentions, with our best efforts, we don't always know how to get there. We need direction. We need someone to follow. We need someone to show us which way to go. And this is why Paul says that just as you accept Christ Jesus, you must continue to follow him. You must continue to follow him, to focus on him and his way. Because y'all, on our own, we're one glance, one dead battery, one wrong turn, one misstep away from being lost. Personal discipline is not enough. It never will be enough. Just look at the story of Israel. God was with them. God gave them instructions for how to be his people. And he was clear, right? And over the course of their history, they actually moved in and out of obedience like waves on the shore. Why? Because while they had instruction, they didn't have direction. They had instruction, but they didn't have direct. They had the prophets to tell them what to do, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit to tell them where to go. So their faith was fragile. But we... We, friends, have been given everything we need. 
we have been given everything we need to be faithful. Second Peter, it's on the screen, lots of Bible today. Second Peter 1 says this, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, Jesus, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us a great, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Verse five, in view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Friends, you have been given everything you need. God has given you everything you need to be faithful. He has done everything supernaturally possible to make you who you are, to make you family, to call you friend, to welcome you into his house, to fill you with his spirit. God has done everything to give you a destination and also the directions to follow. But now it's up to you. Now it's up to you to focus. Now it's up to you to make every effort to respond to God's promises, to take up your cross and to follow Jesus together. This is the life of faith you were saved for and named for, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For God called you to do good. Even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example, and you must follow in his steps. One more time. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He is your example, your Lord, your Savior, your supernatural GPS to the future with him. You must follow his steps. And again, it's these steps, this way of Jesus, towards Jesus on this narrow road that we'll be focusing on for the next 12 months. Following Jesus, what? Oh, come on, guys, come on. Following Jesus. There we go. I love it. I love it. Now, practically, uh, you might be thinking, well, okay, cool. How does this work? Um, well, we're going to be continuing the next couple weeks looking at this focus and how it informs our purpose as a church and also our vision. But then starting in October, we're going to be doing an extended study through the book of Colossians, Jehun's favorite book in the New Testament, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, I told him a couple weeks ago, I was like, yeah, everyone should read this. And so he texts me, he's like, I just read it. And I was like, thank you, best church member ever, Jehun. Here we go. <laughs> You're like, okay. okay. Um, but we're gonna be going low and slow through the book of Colossians in a series called The Narrow Road. And it will carry us all the way up to Christmas. From there, the plan is to jump back into the Gospels and hear directly from Jesus about what it means to be his people and how to follow him. This will take us to Easter, but again, every step of the way is intended to grow us in faith and obedience and our focus to be better reflectors of Jesus in this life. And listen, I, I truly believe that this year is going to be one for the books. I believe that this year will be transformative for you and for me and for all of us as a church family. We will not look the same when you're from today. We will not look the same if we embrace this and we step into this if we commit to this focus together. And it's my prayer, really, that we will look more like Jesus than we ever have. We're 77 years old, y'all. This church has been around, and it has seen seasons of faith. It has seen incredible seasons of obedience, but I believe God is just getting started. So stick with it. Stick with me. This is why you were saved, to follow him together. Amen?
Okay, now, that's a lot of overview. Um, for the next couple minutes, I just want to give you some, some quick, practical ways between this week and the next for you to, to begin to refocus your eyes on Jesus and, and, and what he is calling you into. Because while it's really great to hear where we're going and, and why we're here, sometimes it can be a challenge to get that, get that first step going, right? And so, real quick, for this week, I wanna leave you with one point, with a couple subpoints. But one point, and the next week we'll, we'll hit the second point, and they are actually repeated points from Pastor Jeff's message last week, but they couldn't be more relevant. So, if you're a Christian, and you want to see your belief become your behavior, if you want to see your acceptance become your action, two things real quick, and you can throw that up there, Gavin. You need to be with Jesus, and you need to do what Jesus said. And these are kind of two sides to the same coin. Being with Jesus is presence. Doing what Jesus said is practice. So it's presence, being with Jesus, and it's practice, doing what Jesus said. So let's start today. We're gonna hit presence today, and next week we're gonna dig into the practice. Sound good? Okay. All right, if you wanna follow, I didn't leave you any time to disagree, Fran, so here we go. Um, if you wanna follow Jesus, then you gotta be with Jesus. You gotta get in his proximity. And this should be obvious, right? I mean, have you ever been in a caravan heading somewhere, and, and you get a little too far away from the lead car? The one that's supposed to be leading the way for where you're supposed to. It's almost impossible to follow what you can't focus on. It's almost impossible to follow and be faithful to what you don't see with your own eyes. And so you need to get close and you need to stay there. You need to get into his proximity to see where he's going. And this is what Paul keeps driving home in Second Corinthians in, in Colossians 2. That you must continue to follow him. Once you accept him, let your roots grow down into him. Be close to him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong. You need to be with Jesus. Let your roots of your life grow into him and let build your life upon him. Then you will be strong in your faith. But to do that, you need to prioritize your proximity. Prioritize your proximity to Jesus. And you know what's so cool? I was thinking about this this morning. Um, what's so cool is that God... And this is just a miracle. I don't know if you can, whatever. I've been following Jesus a long time and this is still blowing me away. God wants to be close to you. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? God wants to be close to you. He does, and not in a weird religious or pious way, you know, check in the box like church attendance, you know. Like God calls himself your friend. God calls himself your father. And like any good dad, he just wants to spend time with his kids. James 4 says that if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Matthew 11 says, come, Jesus, this is God, Jesus saying, come to me, all who are weak and weary, and I will give you rest. I'll show you the way to peace. But you gotta get there. God wants you to be near. So much so that he literally became a human being, right? To spend time with the world he so loves. God defined the relationship. He did the work, and now it's up to you to get there and to draw near. But what does this look like? Here's just four quick points about how to get to Jesus. And these should all be pretty obvious, but four quick things. Um, and you can see them on the screen. If you want to get to Jesus and get close to Jesus, if you want your proximity, the priority of proximity, if you want to be following him in this life, it starts with four simple practices. Scripture, prayer, worship, 
and fellowship. Just for the sake of our minds retaining this, say these with me. We're going to say them twice. Ready? Scripture, prayer, worship, fellowship. One more time. Scripture, prayer, worship, and fellowship. Starting with Scripture, if you want to be with Jesus, open your Bible. We talk about this a lot. We read it a lot. We do massive chunks of Scripture at church, but... But just like a meal, like if you only eat once a week, you're never going to feel fed. So if you want to be with Jesus, open your Bible. God revealed himself, what he's like, what he does, how he loves, how he responds. God made himself known in the scriptures. And so open up your Bibles. And if you're relatively new to this, I don't want to assume that you just know where to go um, in this. But I would just, if you're kind of new, start in the New Testament. It's about halfway through, you see four books right away, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and these are the story of Jesus, the one that we follow. And this is the story of he who saved you, and so this is an amazing place to start. Um, if you need a Bible, we have one for you in our connections area in the lobby. God gave us this book so we might know him more. If you feel distant from God, if you have a hard time focusing on God, if you feel lost and distracted in this journey of faith, open your Bible. Commit 10 minutes a day. Let's just start with that. What if we all, hey, let's just do this together, huh? What if we all, at minimum, just give 10 minutes a day to discovering God again in the scriptures, to drawing near to Jesus in the scriptures? Can we do that? Quick show of hands, 10 minutes a day? Yeah? Awesome. I promise in a week's time, you'll not only know more about God, but you'll be more focused on his way and the life of faith that he wants for you most. Let your roots grow down and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. Taught. So open your Bibles, that's first. Second thing, if you want to be with Jesus, you need to talk to God. You need to pray. I know prayer can be a challenge for some of us. I was talking to someone last Sunday night after our, our worship and prayer time, and they were like, yeah, I just, sometimes I just don't know what to say. You know, I, I, like, I want to pray, but I don't, know, I don't know where to start. And I think sometimes in our post-enlightenment culture, the idea of supernaturally connecting to God by, like, saying words out loud or in our, in our hearts and our minds can seem really weird. But listen, God promises in the Scripture to hear your prayers. Proverbs 15 says, The Lord hears the prayers of the righteous. God promises to listen when you speak, and respond, which is really what prayer is, is all about. It's not, it's not a script. It's not a wish list. It's not like an Amazon, you know, Christmas list that your kids fill out. Like, it's just a conversation between a son or a daughter coming up to their father, making a request to learn or complain or just vent. God wants to hear it all. God is not afraid of your words. God is not afraid of your doubt. God is not afraid of your insecurity about saying, dear Jesus, God will make time for you. And this is just, again, so crazy. Like, the God of the universe calls you family, and he makes time for you. If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you, so get there. Um, if you have a hard time knowing where to start in prayer, uh, this isn't a surprise to him. And so Jesus actually, you know, when he was a human being, he told us how to pray. And so if you ever have a question about where to start, a great place is just head over to Matthew chapter 6, the first book of the New Testament. 
And Jesus teaches us how to pray. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. This, this prayer is one of focus that Jesus gives us. It's a starting point. It keeps our hearts and minds on him and his way. It aligns our life with him again and keeps us close. So if you ever feel distant, even if you don't know what to say, let this be your first step. Open up to Matthew 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Let this be your first step. Talk to God, then wait long enough to listen. Anyone have a hard time waiting? Sam, I love that. Thanks for the honesty here. I think often we think, all right, well, we're just gonna like cast that line once, and if we don't catch an answer right away, there must not be any fish there, you know? So much of this life of faith is that of patience, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit working in you is patience. So we extend this conversation to God, and we wait, and we talk, and we wait, remembering the promises that he has given us. And so that's number two. If you want to draw closer to Jesus in this next week, pray. Just every morning, wake up, say the Lord's Prayer, and see what it does to your heart. Number three, quickly, if you want to be with Jesus, number three is worship. Psalm 23 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. What does that mean? It means that God is present, and we are more keenly aware of his presence when we worship him. Now, what is worship? Is it what we did earlier? Yes. Is it music? Yes. Is it giving? Yes. Is it serving? Yes. Is it all of these things and more? Yes. Okay. And that's because worship is simply a reflection of your heart's posture to God. It's the action. It's the inside coming out of your heart towards God. It's refocusing of your life and acknowledging that God is God of your life and you are not God of your life. And because of his great love for you, you are bowing low before him. You acknowledge his greatness and gratitude and reverence. When we worship God from the inside out, we are saying, God, lead me. Lead me, God, your ways are better. And it thrusts us back into proximity with him again and again and again because it takes our eyes off ourselves, and it puts them back where they belong, on Jesus. And so if you want to be with Jesus, you need to have a regular practice of surrender and worship to God. Remembering who you are and remember who he is. What does this look like? Uh, we're singing church, but, um, but we can sing more than once a week, too. Give yourself to these moments of worship in the car, in the shower, wherever you are. Tune into one of our old live streams, sing along. Join in with the angel's song of holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. It is a constant song on loop. We see this in Revelation, the book of Revelation, that there is a song being sung over the universe. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and it is never ending. And we can join in that song with all the saints and the angels. The Father is welcoming. This is our homecoming. Holy, holy, holy. So do it. Do it for a week. See how your focus grows towards God. Practice worship. And see how you begin to experience God's presence around you. So that's number three. Last thing. We're almost out of time. I'm sorry about this. Last thing. Number four. If you want to draw near to Jesus, believe it or not, um, he wants you to draw near to him in fellowship with other believers. Matthew 18 says that where two or more are gathered in his name, there he is also. 
God wants us to live this life together. And while God certainly meets us as individuals, he does. In the scriptures, in prayer, in worship, no doubt, there is a special presence of God that appears when God's family gets together. When the church gathers to read scripture, to pray, to worship, to eat, to take communion, the spirit of Jesus is present in this house right now. God is here in our midst even now. It's a promise that he has given us. So if you want to grow in your faith and obedience to God, without a doubt, easiest step of these four is simply being here. Come early, come often. Be here. Commit to it. Be here. Come early. Come often. Together means together. A live stream is wonderful to supplement your faith, but it's here that your roots grow deep down into God and you build a new foundation. So be here together. You don't have to do anything, just come. You don't have to do anything. Jesus says, come all who are weary, he'll give you rest. Jesus will meet you in your moments just like these if you're willing to be here, to be here. God's heart is that we would follow Jesus together. But even more so, that we would follow him filled with his spirit as we make our way from here to heaven. So be here in fellowship, and that's number four. And these four steps to greater connection with God and how to be with Jesus. And I promise you, if you give yourself to these in the coming week, next Sunday, you will arrive here I dare you, I dare you. You will arrive here next Sunday with greater focus towards Jesus. You will begin to see the way of Jesus become your way as you open up his word and learn, as you meet him in this book that was inspired by the Spirit and is inspired in its reading. You will come here different in a week if you commit to prayer, if you begin to recognize God's God's greatness in worship, and if you commit to being together in a community, I promise you, God will move and grow you and your faith will mature and you will become an even greater example of he who saved you. And so, scripture, prayer, worship, and fellowship. And so as we close today, um, next week we're gonna hit some more of the actions of like doing what Jesus said. It's gonna be really great. Um, but between now and then, I just, I, I just want to challenge you to give yourself to this experience. You're already here. Your belief is here. Let your belief become your behavior. Let your acceptance become your actions as we choose, all of us, in community to follow him. Amen? Who's excited? Who's excited for 2022? I'm excited. I'm fired up. The best is yet to come. So let's pray, and then we can hit the road. Um, we've got some great gifts for you out in the, um, in the lobby at the Connections table. Brand new gear for the church with a new mug and a new bag and uh, information and all this good stuff. But more than anything, we just want you to hang out. And so go grab your kids, hang out in the lobby for a bit. We love you. We're excited for this new season. Let's pray, and then we can go celebrate as a family. Here we go. Jesus. We are grateful for today. We're grateful for who you have made us to be and who you're calling us out into the community to represent God, that you want us to be you out in the world. So Jesus, we want to follow you well. We want to follow you together as a church family. And so Jesus, we ask that you would just lay heavy on us, God, as we, as we commit to this time together in fellowship, 
as we've heard from you in the scriptures, as we are praying even now, and if we have worshiped and prioritized our heart the right way, God, we ask that you just meet us in this moment and give us a greater zeal, a greater passion, and a greater priority for your proximity in our lives. Jesus, this week we ask that you'd be with us as we gather again on Wednesday for midweek, as the kids gather for Awana. God, we ask that you'd meet us there. God, we ask that you'd meet us in the car on the way home. God, when we bump into strangers at the grocery store. God, we ask that you'd be with us as we are at work this week, working hard uh, to, to, to do all sorts of things, but to do it on your behalf, God. We ask that you would just be with us. God, we never want to lose focus of you again. We never want to be so far that we can't see where you're going. God, we're here on purpose, and we want to follow you. And so, Jesus, Lord, Jesus, Savior, the name that is above all names, God, we ask that you would just permeate us again. Convict us, challenge us, lead us. God, that your, your spirit and the power that exists with your spirit, God, would light us up and give us the energy and the courage to go be your people. God, wake us up tomorrow with a heart for your scriptures. God, give us a heart to, to speak to you and talk to you. God, give us a heart for worship this week and a heart to be back here next week as we continue this, this, uh, this priority, this focus together as a church. So Jesus, I just want to pray specifically over this community. God, that you would be with them this week. That they would know your love this week. God, that the people in this room right now, the people in this building, the people on this block would feel your presence close. God, that they would understand the promise that as they draw near to you, that you would draw near to them and that there's nothing that we can do that can separate us from your love. And so, Jesus, we are so grateful for this church family. I'm so grateful for this church family. I love this church so much. And I love this city. Jesus, and I know that the best is yet to come. So be with us this week. Keep us grounded. Keep us humble. Keep us optimistic for your word. And it's in your name that we pray. And we all said, amen. Yeah! All right. So, hey, have a great Sunday, everybody. Make sure you go grab some mugs, grab your totes, and we'll see you hopefully Wednesday at midweek, otherwise next Sunday. Have a great week.